0: Hello and welcome to POP, A Piece of Peace. My name is Pastor Doug and I'm recording this on July 5th. Happy belated 4th of July, everyone. This sermon series that we're in our second to last week of focusing on children in the Bible this past Sunday, we met Ishmael and family. But before we get into that story, I was just thinking about the fact that I sometimes scroll through my phone and look at news stories. I'm sure you do the same and you just scroll through story after story. And just last week alone, there were stories such as, and I'm sure some of you saw this, the the 51 people found dead at a road called the mouth of the wolf in Texas. People who were trying to get into the country in pursuit of reaching a life that they had hoped for and died in extreme heat conditions. One of the firefighters even said, you don't imagine when you're driving into work that morning, opening up a truck and finding a pile of bodies. And yet for all those involved, for all those whose families are affected, for all those who've lost loved ones, for those firefighters, God hears their cry. Another story was of a nine-year-old here in East Columbus that ran out into the street and was killed by a motorist driving past. Think of the families that are now forever changed at the loss of a nine-year-old girl, yet God hears their cry. Came upon a story of Jenny's Ice or Jenny's and Seven Son Brewery are, through social media, committing to support employees that now need to travel to another state if they find themselves in some sort of difficult situation involving a pregnancy. Wherever you are on these stories and so many others, whatever your stance is, one thing we can agree is all of these stories, all of these situations, God hears our cry. Sometimes it's so important to just remember that. In our story from Genesis chapter 16 and also 25, it's the story that primarily focuses on Abraham and Sarah. Abraham and Sarah at one point in the story were promised by God that they would give birth to a child who in their ancestors would then outnumber the stars and God would make a great nation. Of them but they get impatient they get impatient and they take matters into their own hands because when God made that promise they were much younger and now they've grown much older according to the story they're pushing a hundred and God still has made this covenant this promise with them but they get impatient they take matters into their own hands and they they use that famous Bible verse you know the one that says God helps those who help Themselves. Try to find that in the Bible. You won't have any luck. But anyways, they take the situation into their own hands and Sarah has the idea that, Abraham, why don't you try to conceive with our slave girl, Hagar? Now, the interesting thing is they had obtained this slave girl when they were younger. There was a famine in Israel, so they traveled to Egypt. And Abraham, knowing his wife was beautiful, devised this horrible plan where he basically lied and prostituted his own wife to the Pharaoh for riches and for slaves. And he told the Pharaoh, she's my sister. A plague came over Egypt. Pharaoh figured out that he'd been lied to and he told them to just get out of his country but go ahead and take the wealth and the slaves. And so that's how Hagar gets into their lives and then Sarah has this idea to go ahead and try to conceive with her. They do conceive. Hagar has a baby. They name the baby Ishmael which literally means in Hebrew, God hears. God hears. Sarah, at one point in the story, gets upset. She thought Hagar gave her a mean look, so she casts them out into the wilderness. And an angel of the Lord appears to Hagar and says, Don't sit here out in the wilderness. Go back and make amends. And so Hagar, Hagar is one of the only people in the Bible that gets the opportunity to name God. And she names God Elroy, <laughs> which which means the God who sees. So they go back, somehow they make amends, but then later on as the children grow and they become teenagers or older children, Sarah spots her son at this point because she's now conceived and God's promise has come true. She's given birth to Isaac and when he gets older, he spies Ishmael and Isaac playing together and she's appalled. How dare her son Isaac is playing with this lowly slave child named Ishmael and she kicks them out again. Abraham, I think, reluctantly goes along with the plan and he offers bread and water, a skin of water to them and sends them out into the wilderness, which is basically like sentencing them to death because there's nothing out there and there's this really tragic story you can just sense the grief as you read it they go out into the wilderness and when the water has run out she puts Ishmael under a bush and she goes a bow shot away because she can't stand to watch her boy die of thirst and heat and it's then that God then appears and God heard the cry of Ishmael. It's like literally the verse in Hebrew says, God hears the boy whose name is God hears. It's what God does. God hears our cry. God heard the cry of the Hebrew people when they were enslaved in Egypt and answered their prayers. God heard the cry of Moses and comes to him in his grief. God hears the cries of the prophets crying out for God's people. God hears our cry. So, I was thinking, started this sermon by talking about news stories that happened just this week. And just this week as a pastor, I talked with many of you who are going through difficult circumstances in your life. I talked with one who's struggling to forgive a family member. I talked with another who had a procedure, a surgery to take care of first step of treating breast cancer. I talked with another who is dealing with a bad home situation, often waking up with bullet holes in his siding. I mean there's so many things going on in the life of this community and what I want each of you to know no matter what story you're being forced to wrestle with or deal with remember this God hears your cry quick last story when my son was much younger elementary school he won a scooter at a school raffle he was so excited He came home and it was nighttime so he couldn't ride it and he got up the next day super excited to try out this scooter and he within a second of getting on that scooter is on the sidewalk and he hits a crack in the sidewalk and I see as his face starts going down toward the handlebar of the scooter and it's like that moment when you're a parent and you're Kid is about to hurt themselves, and you go into slow motion mode and go, No. And sure enough, he hit that, and half of his tooth fell out. And it was that moment where he's trying to make a cry, but almost can't. It's like he's catching his breath before it comes. And I run over, and of course, he cries out, Dad. And I held him in my arms. I couldn't change the situation. I couldn't do anything about it other than hold him, because that's what we do as parents. When our children cry out, we hear their cry. We can't always change the situation, but we hear it. And if a parent does that, how much more will God do it for God's beloved children?